Okay, then uh, let's see. So we uh, hit record, and something's supposed to happen now, right? Okay, it's okay. I something's moving. Is that recording? I don't hear my. I don't hear anything. But I think it's recording. Wait a minute. Is it recording? Welcome back to the first ever episode of Make Me Smarter, a podcast created to make me, Dennis DiClaudio, smarter. Now, if you think that you might like getting smarter alongside me, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with that. What we are going to do here, and when I say we, I mean me. I'm producing this podcast on my own. But me isn't really grammatically correct, so I guess when I say me, I mean I. Anyway, what I are going to be doing here is inviting a bunch of interesting, intelligent people with invaluable life experiences to sit down and have a conversation with me, thus that I may absorb their intellectual acuity and marginally decrease my own personal banality. And yours too, maybe, if you're into it. Look, I imagine there's going to be a decent amount of science, politics, and social justice. That's based on the shit that I can't shut up about on Twitter. Uh, but really, uh, it could be about anything that fascinates me. Me. Anything that fascinates me. And if it happens to fascinate you too, that's that's fine. No problem with that. Anyway, so for the kickoff episode, I decided to talk to my friend Darcy Ratliff and hopefully get to the secret of her admirable and obnoxious ability to follow through on projects. You know, she's published books, she's curated albums, produced films, and for the past 10 years she's been at organizing Camp Kitten Pants, an annual comedy writers retreat. She's very smart, very funny, very accomplished, and most importantly, someone that I am not afraid to talk to. Anyway, Darcy and I talked stupidly early in the morning a few days ago after I'd woken up here in Rochester and saw a text from her, so I responded to it and somehow managed to scare the shit out of her in her bed a few thousand miles away in Dallas. And uh, since we were both awake, we decided to, you know, talk or whatever. All right. Uh, hi, Darcy. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Are you How are you? Good, good. Uh, this is, uh, we're recording right now at 8 o'clock in the morning, my time. What is it? Five, your time? It's seven. I don't know where you think I live, but I'm only an hour <laughs> behind you. Um, uh, and you you were right. You do have a sexy morning voice. So. <laughs> I should do all my podcast recordings. I should request a first thing in the morning, wake me up with a text time. You and I are friends. We've been friends for 20 years now, I think. Oh, my God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 2001 was when I started getting into writing uh, online, and that was when I met you through Kitten Pants, the website. Yeah. Not Kitten Pants, the web pa- website, not Kitten Pants, the person, which is you. Right. <laughs> Two different things. Yeah. I could probably find the first article of yours that I published if I oh, looked okay. hard enough. Oh, I'll bet you it's great. Uh, I bet, could, you it's, bet you it's magic. It might be. Yeah. I don't. Do you remember how you found me? Was it through Matt or yeah. Hey Penny? It, okay. It was through Hey Penny. It was uh, you had done something. I had found Hey Penny through somebody else, and then I found you. Uh, you posted something on Hey Penny, and I saw that you had 
a website and I was just sending out stories to every oh website God. that I could find. Do you remember that websites back then would have like a whole page dedicated to links to other people's websites? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's how we found each other. Right. I, Hey Penny found me. I don't know how I think through. And Hey Penny was uh Matt Toby's. Yeah. Matt Toby and three other people. It was Paul Fisher. I think that reached out to me. Yeah, Paul wrote me and said that if um, – I think the way he introduced Kitten Pants in Hey Penny was if Hey Penny had a girlfriend, Kitten yeah. Pants, the website would be its girlfriend. Yes, I remember that. I remember that. And that was like, oh, well, I got to go there. I got to send something there. Yeah. And then you had – I went to your website, and your website was a oh, really interesting – it's so embarrassing now, but at the time it was really fun. <laughs> I don't think it's embarrassing. Uh, it was a really interesting website because it was a literary site, but it was also very much you. Yeah, I 100% edited and, and owned every single thing that I published that other people wrote. Um, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking would be what this podcast would be like. It's like I am highlighting a lot of other people. I am showing people. Uh, I'm Essentially, I'm introducing my favorite people plus other people. I, I'm introducing concepts and, and people to a theoretical audience that may or may not exist. <laughs> That's the thing with new podcasts is that we're just talking to each other at this point, which right, is right. fine. Yeah. I enjoyed that. But I figure it should feel like a project of mine. So it should not have very, very smoothly rounded corners and stuff. It should still be mine. It's it's raw. You're like you like to raw dog it. You don't do. want you don't want it to be too polished. No, you want no, it to no. be super I know raw. How, because I know how the ladies like it. <laughs> Ribbed for our pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Raw Dog with Miss <laughs> Klein. <laughs> please please change the name now. I think yeah. this is a way better name. Yeah, raw raw dogging it with, with Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, everyone I know is gonna listen. <laughs> See, you gotta get me in for the good ideas. That's what I do. Absolutely. That's literally, that's literally been my job for fifteen years. Yeah. You. Yeah. What is your job exactly? I am a, a senior UX consultant in my day job, but for this couple of years and the last thirteen years before that, at an agency. Hold on, hold on. UX. You can't just say UX and expect you, anyone to understand what that means. Well, the hip kids know. Do it's, they? You, mm -hmm. What is it? It's user experience. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that is a hip kid phrase. That's definitely means I'm, I would be disqualified from a, from a job if I walked into an interview and didn't know what UX was. Um, but before that, I worked at a marketing agency starting as a copywriter and, and becoming a, a sort of creative director. But I, uh, most of my job was just coming up with ideas and then convincing other people to do them. That's your, and that's still your, that's like, that's like your greatest uh, skill kind in of, life. It's honestly, yeah, not a bad. Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a creative problem solver. That's what and I do. You, and you and you engage other people to be creative, and that's one of the things that's so singular about you. You're you're a. Do you think? I think so. All right. I'll I'm not, not saying it. you're singular in that you're like the only person who does it, but it's very. It makes it's it's something very specific to your personality that you you don't just want to be creative, and you don't just want us to listen to you be creative. You don't want your friends, you want everyone to come in and be creative and you want everybody to do shit with you. That is your, like you want to make a, it feels like you always want to make a writer's room. Yeah. I honestly don't even need to do it myself. I just want other people. I want to do what I can to support other people being creative. I, right. I feel like I'm one of those people who like, 
I'm not as good at something as I am at recognizing other people who are good at it. Oh my God, yes, that's me. <laughs> and then supporting and then supporting that. Like, I'm all right at what I do. I have a good joke once in a while. But, yeah, I feel the um, same way. But whether it's filmmaking or comedy or writing or whatever the fuck, you know, organizing your house, I don't know. Whatever the problem is, I feel like I have a pretty good talent for finding people who are good at it and sort of nurturing and supporting and getting them resources and making that happen. I think but you and I both have that is that we have very good eyes for other people's talent. Like we, 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 we will see somebody and be like, that person's funny. I want to, <laughs> I want to go take advantage of that person's comedy. I want to use that, com- <laughs> that person's, I want to use that person's brain in my life. I just want to be around that person. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just want to be surrounded by people who are funny or inspiring or talented in some way. And so I also can't say no to anything. So when people are like, hey, do you want to help with this project or whatever? I'm like, yeah, all right. What can I do? Okay, that's good to know. That's actually why you're talking to me right now. So uh, so you are, just to be just to get back to make to make this conversation as boring as possible. Uh, let's bring it back to the topic, which is uh, that you're the first guest on my on my my podcast, and that is by design because you are somebody who like like, like I've said, we, we've known you I've known you for about twenty years now. Uh, you have always been a source of creative energy in my life since like very, very early on. And uh, you also are one of the people who I am most impressed with their ability to follow through with projects. And so this is, since this is my new project, since this podcast is a new project, and I historically have piles of blogs and projects, it's like just like fermenting in the back of my, uh, my backyard, things that I just never did. I thought you could maybe help me know how to make this one actually work. Yeah, that is a misguided interpretation of what I, my talents are, but I will do what I can. <laughs> it's not, though. It's not. You have, and I want to get to kitten, Camp Kitten Pants in, in a minute, but you've been keeping that together for 10 years, and every year you have this, we arrive, and there's a whole schedule of things to do, and it's very interestingly set up, and then you have special bags made with the logo. You have a logo for the, for the like, how do you... Get all that stuff done. I can't, I find it impossible. Like, just to know, like, oh, I have to do taxes today ruins my afternoon. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a, well, when I'm, you know, when I'm into something, uh, I'm very much a planner. The devil's in the details, I've learned. I've learned that through producing. I've learned that through, you know, managing projects at work. I've learned it through Camp Kitten Pants and doing my own writing. Hang on. I want to put a pin, I want to put a pin in cause I want to come back to yeah. your, your producing experience, but we'll come back. And I just said, I just said, I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm, <laughs> a, because I'm a podcast host now. <laughs> yeah. Where do we start? Where do you want to, where do you want me to start? First of all, where did you get the impression that I'm uh, the my, person from that my is life. like a good follow throughher? From the fact that I've been following since you're, <laughs> okay. you're the whole okay. reason why the whole group is still together at this point. Yeah, I can tell you where that comes from. Yeah, I can tell you where that comes from. Okay. Um, I've moved like 45 times, and I started when I was a baby, um, moving to a new town every, or a new house, or a new state, you know, Mm -hmm. every couple of years. And uh, that really developed my writing skills because I became a pen pal to all my old friends. This Uh is back in the day where. 
you had to pay long distance fees to call people on the phone. <laughs> and uh, that was never that was never in the budget. That really developed me as a writer in the beginning and um, but also a collector and uh, keep in toucher. So I've always been the person in my group of friends that has everybody's address and knows everybody's birthday and knows how to get in touch with everyone because I'm constantly I was, you know, I grew up moving a lot and uh, wanting to stay in touch with my old friends. I'm coming to you as a friend for help. What do you think I should do? How do you think I should approach this podcast so that it continues to be fun for me and for people listening and for people who are guests? That's all it really needs to do. All right. Number one, with any project that you want to do, the hardest thing to do, as you've seen, is to just get started. Okay. Um, so how do I get started? Of, you just do it. Just you just do start it? doing exactly what you did, which is you talk to me and I was like, yeah, let's just do one. <laughs> right. Oh, you just okay. do it. You just get started. People have asked me for years, how do you start writing? It's like, you just do it. You know, it's not like I started kitten pants with, um, an audience of thousands. Um, I just started doing it. I subscribed like the 60 email addresses that I had in my personal address book um, for them. And then I just started sending out this, this newsletter. <laughs> you subscribed to them for your newsletter? <laughs> yeah. I just signed up 60 of my friends and was like, you're just getting this now. <laughs> That's just how this works. <laughs> so, was Kitten Pants a newsletter before it was a podcast, before it was a website? Yeah. Okay. It, it, well, I mean, it was, I guess, technically always a website. It was really started as a way to teach my, I was bored and, uh, I wanted to teach myself how to do HTML, how to, oh, how to, how to make websites. And in through some of my experimenting, uh, someone sent me a beta site that they had, were working on that had like a, it was basically an early portal site that for companies, mm -hmm to use that had like, you know, all the stuff templated out and, all you, and you could very easily go in and change things like the color or the fonts or whatever, add a logo, you know, your mm -hmm. very early version of a Squarespace or WordPress. Oh, okay. So. And it had a newsletter template. And I was like, you know, I haven't really done any writing since college because no one's assigning me anything to write anymore. I'm not in classes. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought this would be a good, I had been missing writing and I thought this would be a good excuse to just give myself a self-imposed deadline. I'll start this newsletter and I'll have to put something out every month. And um, that's how it started. And then you just did it. Yeah, and then I just did it. You didn't spend five months thinking about it and second guessing whether or not it was a good idea or if it was going to be on brand for you? No. Um, I sort of operate in two extremes. I either just sort of jump without even looking or I sit around and, and debate something in my head for years. Right. Okay. So this was one of the ones that I just was like, I'm just going to do. And that, I mean, and that is every decision, like whether or not I move to another state and start a new job, I'll make that decision in three days. Or I will sit around and drive myself crazy thinking about whether or not I should do it for 10 years. So every decision, big or small, is either immediate, don't even think about it, just jump in, or languish about. <laughs> okay. okay, well, here you go. Here's another. Camp Kitten Pants is something that you started a little over 10 years ago. And it's going, it continues to go on. So you 
do have some follow through, whether you want to admit it. <laughs> no, I do. And I mean, and I did with, with Kitten Pants, the website, I did do it every month for mm, eight years. Did you do it for eight years? Really? Oh man, I, I burnt out after I think two. Yeah, seven or eight years. And, and I never upgraded to, I mean, I eventually started building all the pages by hand. And then when blogs became a thing and people were using Blogger or WordPress or whatever, I was still hand coding every single, I hand coded every single page of that website for oh. yeah, I, seven I, years. It was that, stupid. That's what I was, with par- <laughs> well, when, when, when I was editing parenthetical note, that was the same thing as me. I had my template. I had a, a yeah. email template and that was actually easier for me to do, to use than to recode everything so that I can type into a blog. Right. I knew exactly where to go. Just like pull this out. This is, I'm going to stick the story here, put a picture here, blah, blah, blah. And it was just cut, mostly a cut and paste job after I first, after the initial working through the coding. Yeah. And in the first few issues, I basically was reaching out to just anyone I knew. Uh, I had a friend who was just drawing some dumb comics and I was like, oh, I'm going to put your comics on my site. And there was like a really, a couple of really random essays that somebody had written here and there that weren't at all comedy. And then there would be some really terrible attempts for me to rip off the onion. I was a really big onion fan, obviously. Oh, yeah. And so I remember a couple of articles that were very like onion inspired. And, and later on I was like, Oh God, I hope no one ever sees this. It's so yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, I think we all had to try that. Yeah. And then I finally, I was emailing uh, a sort of B level celebrity or maybe a D level celebrity that I was a fan of. And we were talking about film and we had some people we knew in common and I asked him if he would do an interview for the website and he did and that's when people started to see it and it started to grow pretty mm-hmm. almost immediately do you remember who the celebrity was or do you want not purposely not saying it oh no it was joe bob briggs oh okay he had a tv show on at the time that was like drive-in theater monster vision or whatever yeah i know who he is but i mean yeah i guess other i guess non-nerds probably don't know who he is you could reach him through like the tnt website or something and I think I emailed a question about some dumb film reference and he had written a review of a movie that I worked on in college. And so we kind of chatted a little bit. I think when you have the name Kitten Pants, there are certain people who will respond to you because they make some um, inferences about <laughs> your character. <laughs> oh, that's, I never and, thought about that before. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone either kind of interpreted Kitten Pants as either some sort of cutesy like anime cat kind of thing or something dirty. And so that was a lot of questions I would get. What's kitten pants mean? And it's like, it, it really doesn't mean anything. <laughs> so I just started doing it. Right. And I, and then I found some success and I did it some more and I did it some more and I just kind of grew. And then it became this whole, my whole life, really, it became an excuse to do whatever like little dumb idea that I had. I had a platform to make it make sense. So I wanted to put out a CD of a bunch of bands that I knew that weren't together anymore. And I really wanted to get some of these songs that weren't ever released on CD. So I made a Kitten Pants CD. That's a good good CD, by the way. That's like what? Mostly Denton bands, right? Yeah. In Texas? Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to work on film projects. So when I did, I just sort of incorporated that into, you know, Kitten Pants Productions or whatever. And I wanted to work on, I did a bunch of live shows. I just wanted to start doing live shows in New York. And so it was like, okay, I'll do a Kitten Pants thing. So essentially you, you made Kitten Pants and then just 
used it as an excuse to do other things that you wanted to do. Like yeah. it became like an umbrella idea. Mm-hmm. So is that, you think that is what I can do with this podcast? Well, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I think w- what you should think about before you start, and I know we've started, but first of all, what do you want to get out of this? Second of all, just start doing it and you'll figure it out as you go. Right. Yeah. And then it'll, it'll become what you want it to become based on what happens. You know what I mean? If right. you don't put too many expectations on it, uh, you kind of can just follow it and see where it goes. But it, you do want to have at least some goals. Like, what am I getting out of this? When you asked me before, what do I do to make sure this is still fun? Well, what's fun to you? Is it just talking to people? And if that continues to be the you know, if fun to you is being a successful podcast with advertising dollars and a, a million person subscriber base, well, I immediately that's, that's, don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. But if fun to you is just having an excuse to, to connect with people and talk to people that you know, and meet people that you don't know. Perfect. You can do this all day long. That's what ultimately changed for me in my mind to get me to actually do this podcast. Like I forever have been, I'm not going to ever do a podcast. I'm not ever going to do a podcast. And a lot of it was because I, I didn't want that pressure because I have, I have a couple books that I have published. So there's a dumb idea in the back of my head that like, Oh, this is the Dennis DiClaudio brand. And like, if I'm going to put out a podcast, it better be up to the, this mythic. Nobody knows the Dennis DiClaudio brand, by the way, uh, just me. And the more that I think about it, the more I think, no, it doesn't really. A podcast, I think, especially in this format, will be the most authentically you that anything ever has been. So I don't think you have to worry about it being on brand for Dennis. I mean, I know you're realizing now that you don't have to worry about that, but I think it will be whether you like it or not. <laughs> It'll be very much you. <laughs> well, I think that, and I think that that's what I'm realizing is I can have fun with it. And if I do want to follow this conversation with some song that I like like a recommendation. I can do, I can throw in little things like this. I can use this as a jumping off point. You know, uh, you know, Lisa and I um, did a podcast. Oh, and I, I, was, I was a guest. That's right. Me three. And it took us two and a half years before we did it. We, we talked about it forever. Every time we got together, every time we talked, anytime we were in Texas together, we would talk about it. I talked about it with a couple other friends about like, what do I need to do to get started? It was a little harder to, um, you know, every day it's easier to do a podcast. There's more tools and it's more readily accessible, but it was so daunting at first and we talked about it forever. And then once we finally just decided we're going to do it, then we had to think about like, well, what's the format and how's it going to work? And who are our guests going to be and what will we call it? And we had to learn how to actually produce it and upload it and, and promote it. It took us forever before we got started. And then the other hurdle was that there were two of us. So we were, I couldn't just do it on my own and worry about my own schedule. Right. I had to worry about her schedule and then the guest schedule and um, that made it harder. So you doing this thing on your own, you're a lot more flexible. But anyway, so yeah, so then the only other thing I could say, and this is sort of related to what you're talking about with Camp Kitten Pants, is that being a planner aspect and the thinking through the details, whatever you can do to make it easier for your guests. So like having um, a set of instructions that you send out with every invitation, right? Oh, and, okay. 
having like, this is what's going to happen. You need to have a headphone mic or headphones and a laptop and a good internet connection and a quiet room. We can do it on camera or we don't have to. We can do a test if you'd like. It's going to last about an hour. You know, I'll, anything you can tell them to sort of prep them for that. And like, this is going to be the topic or I don't know what the topic is going to be, but this is the format. You can listen to one of these other episodes to get a general idea. It's mostly going to be pretty cash. You know, whatever you can do to make them comfortable. That's right. what I do. That's what those bags are for you guys when you come to camp. Honestly, it's a bag to hold all the other stuff. It's a t-shirt because I want us to take a picture together and wearing matching t-shirts and having that to wear around. And it's snacks because you're not at home and you don't have the ability to just like go in the kitchen in the middle of the night and, and get something or, or there's not, you know, you can't just walk down to a bodega. We're out in the middle of nowhere. It's just thinking through like what's going to make this experience better for you guys. Okay, so let's let's real quick uh, explain what Camp Kitten Pants is for anybody. Camp Kitten Pants was an idea I had in the early days of doing the Kitten Pants blog after I sort of started connecting with other comedy bloggers online. Um, I went to Detroit to a murder warehouse to do a show for Hey Penny with Matt Toby, and I met a lot of other bloggers there. Yeah, that mythical, that mythical party that I, I never got to. I didn't get to go to. <laughs> And then, you know, I met you and I met Jeff and Josh and I met um, all these other people doing comedy stuff. And I had an idea once that you know, we all lived in different places all over the country. And I thought it would be cool if we could get together someplace, maybe someplace like, you know, away from the city, out somewhere in the woods and just hang out for a weekend. I really wanted Lisa to meet Matt and Frankie to meet Mike. And, you know, I wanted, like, I had all of these individual connections with people and I wanted them to meet one another. Right. And then I just kind of wanted to put, put you all together in a space and be like, okay, now just let's see what happens. <laughs> and so I thought about that for a long time. And when I moved back to New York in 2010, I thought, I don't know, maybe now's the time. <laughs> maybe we could actually do this. People were, at that point, we were, you guys were hitting your 30s. Mm -hmm. Hard. 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 And, you know, we could afford it a little bit more than we could in our 20s. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, the idea of flying someplace for a weekend vacation was no longer like a crazy idea that no one yeah, could afford. Yeah, just a complete fantasy. And so I kind of just started circulating that idea around, well, I had had that idea for a little bit, and then I was listening to uh, what's Jesse Thorne's podcast? Uh, Sound of Young America. Or yes, at least that's what it was. I don't yes. know what it is now. That's the one I was listening to, okay. and they did their first whatever it's called, where they got a bunch of people together and uh, in California for like a weekend of kind of the same thing, only on a bigger level. Right. I just kind of got a little bit more fired up to start the idea of Camp Kitten Pants again. So the very next year was when we had our first Camp Kitten Pants. And then I, so I worked on that for about six months, getting that together. I was and where really, did we go? We went to kind of Woodstock area, Catskills. Okay. okay. That was the idea. I thought it'd be funny to do it in the Catskills, like old, I don't know. I never actually went to a summer camp as a kid. And I, but I've oh. seen, but I would love like summer camp, movies yeah you're just obsessed with uh i'm obsessed with summer camp. i'm obsessed with meatballs and obviously wet hot american summer wet hot american and summer. 
little darlings and all kinds of uh, fun camp movies. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we went and I'd been planning it for a really long time and literally, I want to say two weeks, two weeks before camp, I got diagnosed with cancer. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my God. Yeah. You've forgotten. It's been that long. And I, I remember I told Matt first, I, I am Tim and said, I have a couple things because <laughs> I, I thought I'm not going to be able to go. And I was heartbroken. And I was also determined that it happened, whether I could go or not. You know, I had worked so hard to put this camp together. And I was like, if I, for some reason I can't go, I need you guys to go and do it. Um, so yeah, I talked to Matt. I said, um, Hey, I got your, his son had sent me a thank you card for his birthday gift or something. And I was like, I got Oscar's card. I just wanted to let you know I got it. Thank you. Um, and then the other thing is um, I have cancer and I'm not really <laughs> sure what's going to happen with camp in a couple of weeks, but I need you to promise me that you'll make it happen regardless. Right. And he was like, are you saying my son's card gave you cancer? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm not not saying that. But luckily it was, um, it was cool. I still got to go and it was a very like weirdly, like it was oddly a hilarious weekend with this like weird weight on its shoulders of like, we're all talking about my, my uterus and my cancer. Well, one thing I've, really, one thing I've, I've always loved about our friendship and like our friendship in general, like our friend set is just how dark everybody is willing to go. Oh yeah, like, really? Like way darker than you think would be. Like, tell, <laughs> tell me the remind me of the uh, thing you did with uh, your dad and Mad Madlibs or something. Oh yeah, so I I started doing readings at this um, festival that happens in Denton every year, or did for a while. I would usually just like read stuff that I had written and just kind of turn it into a little bit of a bit, and then I always tried to do something new every year, like something that specifically that I wrote for that for that event. And so I created this bit where I did a Mad Lib with the audience and, you know, this is so brilliant. This is like the most, this is (laughs) keep going. I'm sorry. Everyone knows what a Mad Lib is and everyone like the sort of typical response to Mad Libs are people yell out the dirtiest, grossest, or most obscene or stupid words. You know, that's the fun of it as an audience is that you're just trying to say something like, you know, ball sucker, fart lover or whatever. And so I engaged with the audience. I got them to just like give me, you know, nouns, adjectives, whatever, did the Mad Lib. And then at the end of it said, okay, great. I really appreciate you guys' help. This is actually a a pretty personal story that um, I have trouble telling. So this has been really helpful. Um, It's the story of the day that my father passed away. And I, I literally did write out like what actually happened when my dad died. And then I crossed out certain words and, and mad libbed them in. So, you know, like my dad died of like a fatal boner fart. Or <laughs> and like, as it's going, people are getting more and more upset because I could, because they're remembering the things that they said and they know what's coming next. And next. <laughs> When they start to like groan or boo or whatever, I was just like, hey, man, I I didn't do this. I'm not the one that yelled out boner fart. That was on you. You know, we're all going to hell together for this. Like, just fucking get on board. And, uh, such yeah. a great bit. So, so what a good, what a good audience uh, participation bit. 
Yeah, I like to, that's, you know, a big piece of what I do when I do perform is like, what can you do to get the audience personally engaged and have a, a personal stake in what you're doing? And yeah, that's a, that's a pretty good one. Okay. So anyway, so I interrupted you. So the first kitten can't, camp, camp, first kitten pants, you come, you have cancer. We made a million cancer jokes that, uh, yep. that they at your face and you mm-hmm. made most of them. You made most of them. I made many of them. Yeah, it was fun. It's fine. Totally fine. And, um, and then I had surgery like a week and a half later after camp and then everything was fine. (laughs) I'm all good. But, but yeah, it it was just like the greatest weekend. Like it was just so, it was like the big chill, but nobody died, you know, Right, right. just, it was like 10 nerds in some little picturesque little mm, cottages out in the middle of nowhere. Everybody with their own form of social anxiety that they're mildly covering, mm-hmm. uh, sitting around telling jokes and making food and um, drinking beer and talking about my uterus. So then you kept going that, kept doing that every year for yeah. for ten years. You weren't just opening it up to anybody who wanted to come. You were inviting people. It was curated. Yeah, so it was curated. So what was your criteria for who you're going to ask to go? Somebody that would just be like up for whatever and not have any kind of weird, like be into the idea of a low key weekend with people who are chill and uh, not be the kind of person who needs to be on all the time or showing up thinking that this was how they were going to get a script sold or something. I don't know. (laughs) It, It was all very much like by referral and we were trying to get as many, we're trying to diversify it a little bit get some new voices in, you know, it was kind of an opportunity to meet new people and new, new writers. And you've had a couple, there's a couple of people who have really kind of gone on and done well. For yeah, that's stuff. my whole life. The kitten pants stuff, uh, movie production stuff, camp stuff. You know, I've, I've worked with a lot of people who have gone on to do, and that's, you know, I, I I've come to accept that that's going to be my role in life is to be like the person that works with them and then they go on and, and flourish and I'll just be here waiting for the next person. Yeah, that's pretty much me too. <laughs> but it's fine. It's fun. It actually makes you, you know what it does? It makes you into a cool nobody instead of a uncool celebrity. Hey, so, you know, uh, interesting thought I had the other day, like how many times, if you had to make a, if you had to put a number on the number of times in the past 20 years. Like we talk all the time. We have had many, many projects together. Practically daily, we're texting of some, in some, some capacity. How many times have we seen each other in real life? Uh, I think about eight camps. And I think I saw you in Philly when uh, I oh, right. toured with Centromatic and the Baptist Generals for a couple of days. Yeah, and I think I saw you at least once or twice in New York. Yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe maybe. 10, 10 to 12 times <laughs> in, tw- in 20 years that I've known you and sometimes talk to you. I mean, for the last year, we've talked almost every day. You know, I've, same same with um, with Matt. Toby, um, he and I have known each other about as long and for years have talked almost every day, you know, yeah. uh, just online. And these are all people who, who kind of like kind of grew out of that initial – comedy blog, com- what was it, comedy lit mag world that we were doing? Yeah, I sort of was the least aware of that world. I just kind of got brought into it. I didn't have any idea. Like, I felt like people like Lindsay Robertson and Matt, Toby. Oh, Lindsay and, was at that first one, right? Mm-hmm, and Claire Zolke and all those people I thought were like AJ, Delario, and 
they were all involved in in that world and had a real scene and I was very peripherally peripherally involved like I didn't know that scene existed even though I was sort of in the middle of it until much later I was like oh all these people like when I went to that sort of infamous show in Detroit everyone knew each other I didn't know anyone oh, right. I knew like the Haypenny guys and Steve Delahoyd and that was it and by the end of it I knew everyone, you know, and one in two hours later, I felt like I knew everyone. You, you pulled like a boss move where you did not go to the after party. Right? Yeah, that was a, there's a real, um, I got to get out of here while people still think I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I guess it worked. I sort of, yeah, I, I sort of crushed it on stage. It was my first ever performance, uh, ever time, you know, doing a reading or anything. I had a partner with me, my I guess we'll call him my roommate at the time. And we kind of did a whole bit and it killed. And we were kind of towards the end and people were literally screaming and just like, it went over very well. And so then they're like, you're coming to the after party, right? And we're like, uh, uh-huh. and we're just like, we got to get out of here before people find out how, like <laughs> what imposters we are. <laughs> and uh, we went back to the hotel. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Gypsy just came downstairs as I was getting coffee, and I was. Uh... I could hear. I okay. couldn't actually hear what you were oh. saying, but I could hear that you were but talking. I, what? Smart me up. Smart me up. He's, my, uh, Gypsy thinks that I should call instead of instead of make me smarter. She thinks it should be called smart me up. Yeah. Well, how does what does she think about raw dog in it with Dennis? What do you think about raw dog in it with Dennis? What? You know that one, raw dog in it with Dennis. <laughs> That's her suggestion. She doesn't know what raw dogging means. So uh, I, maybe she'll, if she listens to the episode, she might get the uh, the reference. The, yeah. Yeah. She can get it from context clues or the internet. Right. Google. It's uh, fun. I once did a movie with a bunch of uh, children ages, I don't know, 10 to 14. Time out. Time, out, time out. Real quick. What do you mean you say you once did a movie? What do you mean by that? I produced it. So you were producing um, movies for a little while. I mean, not as a profession, more as a hobby, but yes. <laughs> okay. Like what movies had you done? And then you can go back to the story. I just want to, I want to just. This, uh, this is the first feature that I produced. It all sort of came about through kitten pants and a bunch of coincidences, but um, uh, it was called eventually, it was originally called to life. It was about a kid uh, during his bar mitzvah trying to get laid. Okay. So it was like American Pie, but for like kids five years younger. Okay. So it's super inappropriate. Uh, it eventually was called Puberty the Movie, and it's never been released and it never will. So okay. dumb. you can find um, an animated clip from it with Amy Sedaris as a talking penis called Puberty Pals on what? YouTube. Somewhere. For real? Amy Sedaris? Do you not know about that? Yeah. You can also find my clip of us recording her in my apartment in the East Village where I basically built a fort in my living room. Amy, <laughs> Amy Sedaris came to your house to do, yeah. to do voiceover work? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty cool. It was fun. Um, but anyway, yeah, so there's a bunch of kids and one of the lines in the script was donkey punch that bitch that like an 11-year-old needed to say. Okay. And sort of the joke of it was that he was sort of a naive, innocent little kid, and you wouldn't expect him to say something like that. But also, you know, all of the jokes were just, like, gross. And uh, I 
I guess I don't know like why the all of the parents wanted to know what does donkey punch mean? And I would never tell them or the children, you know, I remember the first day in our, in our like read through, um, the parents are all sitting, you know, to the side and there's a circle of children reading the script together. And when they got to that line, they all just looked at me and the, one of the directors who was there and they were like, what does that mean? And I was like, it's best that you don't know, don't worry about it. (laughs) And then, um, at several points during production, I would get cornered by one of the moms and they would be like, what does that mean, by the way? And I was like, oh, it's just a thing that kids say. It's nothing. I don't need to tell you. There's an in- I mean, it's like, look at fucking up on the Internet. Yeah. Uh, As a matter fact, yeah. Not- if you don't know anyone listening, if you don't know what donkey punches that we're not telling you. Yeah, it, you can look it up on the Internet. It's, it's gross. And um, and then finally, the last day I was on set, I was literally like leaving for the last time. It was like two days before we wrapped and uh, I was going to drive from Boston back to New York and I was never going to see these people again. And as I went into the green room to get like my coat or whatever, uh, one of the, the wardrobe person came out of the room and she said, all the moms are in there. And I just told them all what Donkey Punch means. And I was like, oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> like, I can't get out of here without going in that room and getting my keys and oh, stuff. Oh, no. And oh, so, so this yeah. person did it to you. I thought you I – thought, I thought, for a second I thought you meant you went in there, drew, dropped that bomb, and then left. No, she dropped it. She wasn't trying to get me in trouble. It just they cornered her and she just gave up the goods. And then I walked in and they acted like it was my fault, like I invented the term or that I tried to get their kids to do it or something. I was just like, it's just a dumb saying. And I, yeah, I got, I got surrounded by concerned mothers who were like, I don't know if I want my kid to say that. And I was like, that's great. I wouldn't want my kid to say it either. That's why you have a conversation with your kid about what's appropriate to say and what is appropriate. Like, I'm not here to parent your child you had plenty of opportunity to look that up before you agreed to let your kid do it also it's like one of a thousand things that are gross in this movie that you're perfectly happy uh letting your kid do for scale so i don't know get out of my way i'm getting my keys yeah. <laughs> i don't have to i don't have to tend to your needs anymore i'm gonna go i had a very i'm having a very good conversation i'm wondering what it will sound like to an outside observer i mean yeah, so on to be honest, I don't know who this is for or if we have given anyone any information that is helpful or structured in any way that they get something out of it. I feel like this is a great thing to listen to if you know the two of us and just want to hear us talking to one another. Right. And it's also great for us to just get to talk. Podcasts yeah. are the new telephone calls. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, so I guess what I think – what I'm thinking is that this will be a very the, – the, the podcast will kind of grow – You'll figure it out. As yeah. And, it, and then like, I'll have you on again because I have a million things I could, I could talk to you about. Like you have <clears throat> so many different things that I could, I could seek, seek advice for you from. Um, well, do you want to, do we want to spend our last minutes like trying to wrap up? Like, did you get any good advice or what did you oh, get? Good, yeah. The best piece of advice that you gave me was about the, uh, the note to send out beforehand. Oh, the planning, the, the plan- planning of the details. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's the best thing I think that you have sent out because that will, you know how, like, uh, when you come to camp, like everything has already been planned out down to the meals that we're going to have, right. um, all these like tiny details, but it doesn't feel planned. It feels spontaneous a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is also planned. <laughs> So like the idea of like where everyone's going to sleep and thinking through who's going to be comfortable where and um, 
uh, you know, that we're going to have a menu that is easily vegan so that even though there's only one vegan person there, they don't feel like they're eating a totally different thing than everybody else. And like all those like teeny tiny details and, and having the bags ready to go and there on day one and the journals there for, and, you know, we've learned over the years, like not to try to cook on the first day because everyone's late getting there and then we don't eat until it's dark. And, um, and just all those little things are all that's six months of planning. Right. See, okay. Um, and then you walk in and you just get to have fun and, um, and pretty much wreck all the plans. Not you personally, but all of you. I, although I've, um, done, I've done my share. Hold on one second. Okay. I gotta, yeah. I gotta pause. Wait, now we're recording. Okay. So then you guys come and then you get to shit all over those plans, which is also part of the the plan. You know, I've learned also that it's, you kind of prep for everything and then you just relax and be flexible. Right. Right. Um, and know that it'll work out, whatever we do, it'll work out. Um, and yeah, that's what I do every year for 10 years. It's like, think through every possible scenario. It's what I learned producing low budget movies and what I've taught, some of the other young directors that I worked with uh, when they were learning to produce low budget movies is you kind of, you make a plan A and a plan B and a plan C, and then you just uh, get flexible on the day and, and roll with it. And when you are that prepared, if one thing goes wrong, it doesn't cause a domino effect that then everything goes wrong. You know what I mean? you end up just having to deal with one fire instead of 10. But I think that, but I think that the, the, the thing that I'm learning is not just that to, to plan, which is obviously a good idea, but that you, you will, you will learn the things to plan for as you go. You don't need to wait until you know how everything works to get started. You can get started and then yeah, you try and you fail and you learn, add little things like, Oh, now I'm going to add this thing. Oh, you know what I should do is I should add this, Thing to this email that I send out to people. Exactly. Huh, that's really good. Okay, good. I'm glad that's helpful. Is there anything that like you're really obsessed with at the moment? Song, movie, thing that you think that I or somebody or anybody listening like needs to be made aware of? Um, I don't know that they need my help. They probably have a pretty robust following, but <clears throat> a couple of years ago, maybe. Um, Paul F. Tompkins and Scott Ackerman and Lauren Lapkus started a podcast called Freedom. Mm-hmm. And if you're into podcasts, you know, you've kind of delved into the world of whether you're listening to like mm, true crime or a uh, comedy or something like how did this get made where it's like bad movies or entertainment stuff or whatever, something like this. Um, I have found that the Freedom podcast is the most delightful little bit of joy in the world it's really not about anything it really is the closest thing to just like feeling like you're talking to friends even though you're not part of the conversation i just listened to my first you've been telling me forever that i should listen to it and i i've had it i've been subscribed to it for a long time but i never listened to it until yesterday and i think i'm finally at a place where i'm like ready to put political anger podcasts behind me and i listened to it and it was just this nice like warm water flowing over your body instead of just scalding hot water. 
Yeah, it's not politics and it's not being mad at Game of Thrones or, you know, whatever. It's just this really dumb, silly conversation uh, between three people who genuinely like one another. And um, it is one of the most, again, I use the word delightful because it's it's hard to think of a better word. I think delightful is a good word. It's really great. So if if you're not listening to that, then that's definitely something that I I come back to a lot. Uh, All right. Cool. So it's been good to talk to you. It's been really nice. This is this was this was really fun. And uh, the last time, and maybe one of the only times that you and I spoke, kind of on the phone, you know, especially this early in the morning, was maybe a few months ago when my burglar alarm went off at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> and scared the shit out of me. And you and I was wide awake and terrified and. You were up and you were like, yeah, I'll just call you and, and talk you off a ledge. And that was really nice. So oh, thank, uh, we should do hear this more often. Oh, Emmy wants to say hi real quick. Okay. Hi. Hi. Can you, can you, can you hear Emmy? Hi. Are you there? Yeah. Uh, why aren't you in school right now? Yeah. Why are you not in school right now? That's a good question. I just wanted to tell my daddy that um, since I have two Legos of Harvard, I can pretend what you did. Like... You go into the future and warning. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, that's cool. All right, well, we'll, we'll do something with that. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you so much, Darcy. Uh, and yeah, we'll do definitely do it again because I think I would like to even just make, I think maybe just even have little segments where you come on and tell me what I should be baking or cooking or something like that. You could just do a whole podcast of just raw dogging it with Dennis and Darcy, and it'll just—I'll be your only guest. <laughs> okay, so first conversation done. I feel like um, I got gotta say I think Darcy and I hit this one out of the park. We we talked, we spoke, we used words. As far as conversations go, it was like textbook. But real quick before we finish up, I just want to have a very short conversation with my friend Mike. That's Mike Ewing. He's an actor, a filmmaker, a theater producer, a writer. He does all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've been creative partners for a really long time. Since uh, since we met in Philadelphia uh, in the same improv group. Anyway, I wanted to check in with him and just pick his brain about one little thing that's been kind of bothering me uh, before we wrap this up. Okay, so Mike, I have, I'm just in the process of finishing editing the first episode of this podcast. How are you doing, by the way? I'm good. I'm good. Okay, good. Now we're done. Enough talking about you. Now back to me. Yeah, Um, back to you. So I just recorded this podcast and uh, with Darcy Ratliff from, uh, you know, Kitten Pants. And she sounds great, but I sound like a balloon with a slow leak in it. I'm trying to figure out what I can do. You're a professional actor. I know I don't, I only, I have faulty equipment to begin with, but what do you, what can I do to make my voice less annoying to listen to? Is there, was there an issue with the recording? No, it's just the, the issue is with the vocal cords in my throat. So... One, I would recommend you stop talking. Okay. You um, probably are just going to, you're going to have to see, I think you have an opportunity here, Dennis. 
where you're going to revitalize and revamp podcasting because you will be the first host that does not speak. Okay. I, I, I will tell you this in all seriousness, though, because to your, I assume, joking question that has a nugget of truth, you just have to figure out how to be okay with your own voice. Yeah, I, that's what I was afraid you were going to say. Here's the thing I'll tell you. Some of it is you slow yourself down a little bit. Yeah. And you will, you won't always be in the higher register because you and I both have a similar thing where we get excited and we go up and the register goes up a little bit. When you slow down, you have a little better chance of keeping it in your more resonant tones. Okay. Some of okay. that literally has to do with the classic breathing from your diaphragm. Some of it is just though you just got to get comfortable. And eventually I could tell you this because there's, you know, you get wrapped up in insecurity and ego. And eventually if you come out the other end, you'll be like, man, my voice is kind of cool. Actually. That seems unlikely, but that will take you about you know, 20 years, 20 years. Okay. Well, when I'm maybe when I'm uh, 70. Yeah. When, when your son is moving back home after his first post-college breakup and he no longer thinks he should have a real job, that's about when you'll think your voice is cool. Oh, okay. Then maybe then I can be a nice paternal father to him in that moment. That's unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're supposed to be, we're both supposed to be better at this. This is like accepting who we are as individuals at this point. You're not supposed to be going through this again. That's the whole point of the podcast. What? To hate yourself? To help me accept, no, to help me accept myself better. I'm trying to. This is. I know, of, but you're starting with a bunch of questions of how can I not be me? <laughs> well, how can I start? I can't. What kind of a narrative arc would I have if I started already uh, with enlightenment? I need to begin. This is the beginning of the of the hero's journey. Oh, so the whole project is is your own self indulgence. Correct. Yes. Yes. Obviously, I thought that I thought that I made that clear before. I'm sorry. I thought I made that clear. Is this called Onan's? Onan's journey. Okay. Yeah, just love yourself, Dennis. Come on, man. That's a big ask. All right. Um, I know. I that, believe me, I know. <laughs> all right. Well, Mike, I will have you. Um, I'm gonna just keep this short because I don't want this podcast to be unruly. So, what are you? Are you? Do you have a? But I'm gonna keep you for one second. Do you have a name? Oh, I didn't tell you. It's make me smarter. No. Yeah, you didn't tell me that. Or maybe you did, but it was in such passing. I don't think it was defined. Um, make me smarter with Dennis DeClaudio or make me Dennis DeClaudio smarter? Oh no, it's make me Dennis DeClaudio smarter. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't like I, the idea is if you want to listen and you want to get smarter with me, <laughs> that's, that's on you. That's on you. <laughs> but uh, for me, the project is about me talking to people who is an excuse to talk to smart people. Yeah. And even friends, even friends, because I have friends who are uh, really, really smart, but you can't like tackle them and say, tell me everything you know about uh, the history of the oboe or whatever. Sure. And I have a lot of, I'm in a, I'm, in a, I'm in a college town, so I have a lot of, my friends are like kind of experts and stuff. Yeah. And it would be obnoxious to just. It's it's less obnoxious to stick a microphone in front of their face and make them talk than to just. So uh, this is waking life without the animation and the maybe you're dead part. Oh, I don't know if I hadn't considered the dead part. 
Okay, so that's one episode down, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Maybe a little, uh, self-involved, but, uh, what? So, how is, what's this podcast about? What? What's this podcast about? Use your real voice. Okay, fine. What's this podcast about? Oh, it's, it's called, it's a, it's a podcast called Make Me Smarter, and it is about me. I'm going to talk to people and get them to tell me cool stuff that, that, that they, that, cool stuff that they know, stuff that they learned. Like you, what do you, what did you learn something? Tell me something cool that you learned. Oh, something cool that I learned is um, that there's a Star universe, Marvel universe, and DC universe is all separated apart from each other. And the Ninja Turtles are not Marvel or Star Wars, they're DC. Louis, the Ninja Turtles are they in the DC universe? Yeah. So, so they are they live in the same in the same world with Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. Huh. And Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman. Huh. And way more. And the Joker. And way more people. Another fact: How you can know how the Ninja Turtles are in the DC universe? Because Batman's in the DC universe. And this is big end. A big end. Batman team. So it's Batman and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in yeah. one movie together. And Ra's al Ghul's in that. And Ra's al Ghul's in it. And just so you know, Bane is in the DC Universe and Clayface. Bane and Clayface are in the DC Universe. Yeah, and if you did not know, Deadpool is in the Marvel Universe. Oh, okay. There you go. Uh, all right. Well, thank you very much, Emmy. Uh, and I'm going to finish this off right now. I'm going to just, I would like to quickly uh, let you know that you can find Darcy Ratliff on Twitter at RealKittenPants. And you can find Michael Ewing on Twitter at MEwing23. Uh, and Emmy, you're not on Twitter yet, are you? Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. And uh, hopefully I'll have another episode again soon. Bye. Make sure to smash that subscribe button. Smash the subscribe button on this podcast, right? And hit like on every single episode. On every single episode. Every single one of these one episodes. And just just remember, this podcast is called Make Me Spider. And there's this other podcast out there. It's called Story Pirates. Okay, okay. Make sure to tune in to Story Pirates. It's really funny. Okay, all right. And it has a bunch of stories from kids. All right, cool, cool. I like it. All right. Give me some. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye.